What's up, guys? Uh, it's so good to have you back with us. I'm Pastor Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at TC. For those of you that may be new or watching us for the first time, man, we welcome you. We're so excited uh, that you're here with us. And, and we're, we're jumping into the first part of our new series called Now What? Right? And where do we go from here? And I think that many of us have found ourselves in this position where um, we're kind of over this. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day in the store. He's like, I'm a thousand percent over <laughs> this pandemic and coronavirus and all the things that comes from it. And so we want to talk to you about a series and it's going to last for the next few weeks about now what? what again. Where do we go from here? And we want to, man, clarify uh, what we feel like God is putting on our hearts as we move forward. Because guess what? This is coming to an end. At some point, this is all going to be over with. And I don't know if we're ever going to get back to normal as we knew it. But what I do know is we're going to move forward into what God has for us. And I believe you're going to move forward into what God has for you. And uh, prayerfully, uh, you, I, we as a church, we're going to move together. We want to have you be a part of that. So if you're new, uh, like we've already talked about, with our hosts, make sure you fill out a connect card for us because we want to be able to connect with you as we move forward uh, into what God has for us. And so we'd love for you to do that. And so, man, our first service for this series is this idea that I feel like God put on my heart because I believe he wants to communicate a special message today called Just Watch. Just watch. And I remember going hunting when I was a kid. Uh, and so I am not much of a hunter now. I know how to hunt. Uh, I probably have enough firearms to make sure that we're good and taken care of if we went hunting. Um, but what I know is growing up, my dad, who is an avid hunter, he loves hunting deer, anything really. Uh, man, he loves hunting. And so I grew up in the woods with him and he would take me, he would teach me, he would train me, he would show me what to look for, what uh, deer tracks look like. He would show me to look for scrapes and rubs. He would uh, show me how to judge the wind. You always want to be downwind. Uh, you don't want to be upwind. You don't want them to smell your scent. You got to, you know, I mean, I mean, I learned it all and I know all of it and I can use all of it. I just don't particularly care to wake up before the sun and go get in a tree stand and freeze waiting on a deer to walk out. That's not my idea of fun, but if you love it, more on you. Okay, but all that to say is I remember uh, learning how to hunt. And one of the things that you have to do is you got to get to where the deer are going to be before the deer get there. And then you just wait. Wait. Yeah, you thought your computer froze for a second right now. You just wait. You sit. And so here's one of the things that uh, he taught me is you got to be patient. So you sit and you be patient. And, and what he taught me was, you know where the deer are coming, right? Because of the patterns and the signs that they've showed you. And so you know that they're gonna be showing up uh, in this particular place, or at least you have a good hunch. And so as the deer show up, you know, then you then you have a chance to, uh, you know, hunt them, shoot them, whatever. And so, uh, and for those of you vegans, maybe this entire thing is lost on you, and you have no idea what I'm talking about. But for <laughs> for the rest of us, he taught me that it's all about patience, getting there. And he would tell me this one thing. He said, "All right, settle in, and I want you just to watch, just watch." And that's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes, uh, about this idea of just watch. You see, there's a story in the Bible, uh, in the book of Habakkuk, and, and in this story, a very similar thing is happening. Now, they're not hunting deer, but there is this level of patience that comes in. In Habakkuk 1, verse 2, it says, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But it seems that you do not listen. 
right? And some of us feel that way right now. We're, we're calling out, we're asking, we're looking for God in certain areas of our life. And what area of, a, of your life are you kind of calling out right now? Are you looking and saying, God, where are you? I'm calling out to you, but I don't see you. I'm crying, but I don't know if you hear me. Like I'm shedding tears, I'm, I'm looking for you, but I don't know if you're going to show up. What area of your life is it that you're doing that in? And so Habakkuk is in, in a very similar place that we can relate to because he's crying out. The nations uh, are crying out for God. And we go back to verse 3. He says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? This is Habakkuk talking to God. Why, why do you make us go through all this? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. In other words, no one can do anything about it. And justice never prevails. The wicked, him and the righteous. So that justice is perverted. So even when there is justice, it's not good justice. It's perverted justice. And Habakkuk is saying, God, why are you waiting so long to show up in a situation that so desperately needs you? And it's so obvious that you are needed. And how many of us feel this same way where we're looking to that? And, and so then there is this response in verse 5 of chapter 1 of Habakkuk. And God says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. And so in other words, God is saying to Habakkuk, listen, you thought this was all out of my control. You thought I didn't see you. You thought that uh, you were operating on your own. You thought that I had forgotten about you. You thought that I didn't care right? But you thought you knew a few things. This is what God is saying, kind of like when he talks to Job and he says, uh, why don't you dress yourself like a man and I'll show you who I am, right? And this is essentially God tells Habakkuk, he says, you know what? I want you to just watch because you're going to be utterly amazed. And so uh, in verse five, he says to Habakkuk, he says, I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe. He said, even if you were told that this was going to happen, you wouldn't believe it's going to happen. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. God looks at Habakkuk and says, you know what? Even if someone brought you this news, even if someone came to you and said, this is what's going to happen, it's going to be so out of your control. It's going to be so out of the ordinary. It's going to be so amazing that you wouldn't even believe it, even if I told you it was going to happen. God comes on the scene and says, I'm going to blow your socks off. I'm going to do something you never saw coming. And that's the thing that I believe God wants to communicate to us in a time such as this, when we're confused, when we're asking God why, when we don't know what's going to happen around every corner is frustration, is tired, uh, is anxiousness, is depression, right? Things are at a sky high, but you know what God says? I want you just to watch at what I can do even during the pandemic when you think everything is lost. He said, just watch. That's what he's telling Habakkuk. So God's telling him, what I plan to bring about for my people, you wouldn't believe it. He said, if I told you, you wouldn't even have the smallest amount of faith for it to come to pass, right? And what does that look like in your marriage? What does it look like to have given up all hope on you and your spouse and what it could look like for you guys to have a happy, healthy, thriving marriage where God is at the center of it? He says, what does it look like in your family when it seems like your kids have lost their minds and it seems like everyone in the household during this pandemic, during quarantine, during all of that has just completely lost it? What does it look like to continue to trust God even in that type of scenario? What does it look like to trust God in your income where it looks like all hope is lost? What does it look like to feel like you don't know where your next paycheck 
paycheck or your next meal is going to come from? What does it look like for your relationships to feel so fragmented, to feel like those things are lost, to feel like the healthy relationships are gone and you're left with nothing? But man, cancerous, poisonous people that seem like all they want to do is pull from you, but they never want to give back to you. Man, they constantly come in and they're ready to beat you up every chance they get. But whenever you try to be the encouragement, they soak up every bit of energy and life and joy and hope from you. What does it look like, man, to overcome that doctor's report? What does it look like to constantly stay thriving in these types of areas? And here's what God is telling Habakkuk. And I believe God is telling us right now. He says, when I come on the scene for you, when I show up for you, I'm going to do something that you wouldn't even believe is possible. The way I'm going to show up for you, even if I told you that I was going to do it and I showed you how I was going to do it, you would have doubt in your heart. And the question that I have for you today is, what area of your life is God trying to tell you, I'm going to show up in such a way that even the doubt in your heart could be overcome because I'm going to show up and blow your socks off with what I'm going to bring into your life. And what I want you to understand out of the gate right here is this one idea, because you got to understand, don't think that what you see is all that will be. Don't think that what you currently see is all that will be. And sometimes we fall into this notion where it's like, man, whatever will be, will be. There's nothing I can do about it. Negativity just sets into our hearts. We just kind of fall into this slump where we're like, I don't know, nothing good ever happens for me anyways. Well, guess what? What you see isn't all that will be. Because when God comes on the scene, he can change all of that. And I'm here to tell you today, man, God is about to hit some of you guys with that Bruno Mars. Like, don't believe me, just watch. Because he can come on the scene and change the game, change the landscape, change your situation, change your finances. He can change your marriage. He can change your relationships. He can come on the scene and do that. And we see through the rest of Habakkuk chapter one, man, God instructs him. And he says that he's allowing a few things to happen. He's, he's molding something. He's got something in the works. I'm here to tell you today that God is allowing a few things to happen. He's molding a few things. He's got some things in the works. And don't give up, man. Don't lose hope. Don't lose joy. Don't lose confidence in who God is. He's got a few things that are happening right now. And you may not see the end of the game. You may not see how it's going to work out just yet, but you can bet your life on the fact that the one who is writing your story knows what's happening in the middle of your chapter. Man, God is so faithful to show up in your marriage, in your relationships, in your schooling, in your degree, in your career field. Man, God's got it under control because I want you to understand this that even when your faith is shaken, don't stand down, stand up. Even when your faith is shaken, don't stand down, don't sit down, don't let go, don't lose hope, don't lose confidence, don't allow yourself to be distracted, don't stand down, don't fall from your post, stand up, become confident, declare the truth of who God says you are, that you're an heir and a joint heir in the kingdom of God. Declare the truth of who God says that you are, that you're a child of the most high. Declare the truth of who God says that you are, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Declare the truth of what God says of your marriage, that he can restore anything that is lost, broken, and damaged. Look for the truth of what God says in your schooling, that though you may be failing right now, those things may be unclear, though this pandemic and everything that's come along with coronavirus 
coronavirus may have you in a situation where you're not sure, you're not being educated well. Even those of you that are in high school or middle school, you feel like things are lost. You don't, you don't have the confidence that you had. You don't have the teachers around you to support you. I'm here to tell you that God can restore that hope for you. For those of you that are trying to get your degree and you're not sure what this is going to hold for you, I'm here to tell you God can do that. He can bring truth into your life to show you that he'll carry you when you don't feel like you can carry you. But it's all going to happen as you continue to stand up. Don't stand down. Don't fall. Don't lose hope. Don't lose confidence. Put your trust in who God is. And we find this so well laid out in Ephesians chapter 6 where he says, talking about the armor of God. And he's talking about this idea of standing. And in verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, right? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand firm. Now, some of us need to grab a hold of that. Having done all you can do, stand firm. See, some of us think, now I've done all I can do. I'm going to go sit on the couch and kill a bag of Cheetos. No, no, no. Listen, once you've done all you can do, stand firm. In other words, keep looking out. This is what he says. He says, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, harness yourself with the truth of who God is. Harness yourself with the truth of who he declares himself to be in your life. Keep the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to lose so much hope in God that you lose hope in the righteousness of God. In other words, don't fall back into your addiction problem because you don't see God working the way you thought he was going to. No, 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 no. Keep yourself guarded in righteousness. Don't start texting that person and you're not married to, even though you have a wife. Don't start going looking for things that you're not supposed to have. Don't fall back into that alcohol addiction. Don't fall back into those drug habits. Don't fall back into that pornography problem. Don't fall back into that doubt. Don't fall back into those issues. No, no, no. Keep the breastplate of righteousness that guards your heart. Don't fall down. Keep standing up. And so he comes in. He says, keep that. And then as your shoes put on the feet, I'm sorry, put the shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In other words, keep peace wherever you go, guarding your feet. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And that, those words, flaming darts right there, they're talking about the thoughts that would come into your mind. I want you to think about this for a second. Because if God's going to declare to us to keep patience, if God's going to declare to us to stay faithful, if God's going to declare to us to keep going, to stand firm in who he says he is, he said, I want you to take the shield of faith, the confidence in who I am, to block off the fiery darts, to block off the evil thoughts, to block off the lies that the enemy wants to bring against you. Think about it. The enemy wants to bring the lies that says that God's not who he says he is. The enemy wants to bring lies that says that you're not who God says you are. He wants to bring lies that says that God can't come through the way God said he'll come through. He wants to come in and bring truth. And he wants to come in and set all things straight. That the enemy says this, but God says this. And so you may be sitting back in your chair like, man, I need to hit up somebody. You know, I need to call someone. I need to figure this out because I don't think God's going to do this. I need to take it in my own hands. No, you need to stand firm in what God has spoken to you the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. And so he says that you need to keep all of those things and then take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert with all perseverance. 
Stay on track with where God is taking you. And so, man, what do we do? We stay faithful. And I know this is hard. I've been there before. Many of you know our journey as a church. Uh, for me as a pastor and joining with Pastor Dan, and we've been on this journey looking for where God's going to take us next. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's been moments where it was frustrating. And we've celebrated with so many churches as they got new facilities, as they've gotten blessings, as God's taken care of them. And you know what, man? I, I found myself, I'll never forget, we partnered with a church in Bruton one time. And as we were helping them, man, the city came in and gave them like a 40,000 square foot building. And I remember sitting back going, God, when's it going to be our time? You know, we've faithfully served. When, when are you going to bless us like that? And I sat back and God said, I will bring to you what you need in the timing that you need it. And I just surrendered and said, God, it's all in your hands. And I didn't know what was going to happen. As a matter of fact, I was very unsure. But I'm proud to announce that God has brought us on a special journey. And we have a, a little video we want to roll for you for the next few minutes because we want to take you on that journey and then show you a new destination. Check this out. And so, with all that said, we uh, check out... About to take a trip down memory lane, right, Ash? <laughs> kind of the journey to how we got to here at, for Transformation Church. Maybe even meet a couple people uh, in the process, so. It was here that we really found our roots yeah. Began to grow as a church. Went from one service to two and then to three. Yeah. Saw amazing things happen. And then that's where we uh, hooked up with Grow. Yeah. And it was here that we started the uh, Grow Track, small yeah. groups. Grow and track, small groups. Things began to take off from there. I was thinking about how many of the things that happened for the first time in this building. Yeah. You know, leadership, like, ministry, leadership, ministry, the vision. The vision happened here. I played drums for the very first service. Yep. First time I ever played drums at a church service was in this building. Yep, you're beginning as a youth pastor. I, my, yep, I started yeah. as a student pastor in this building. This uh, is where you tried to be a worship leader. This is where I, I was a worship leader. <laughs> this is where I tried to sing, but that didn't work out. That was not, not in my favor. A lot of our leaders today were young adults and teens here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just see the vision going from one generation to another. And really, it started here. This is where God began to deal with us about the transition and, and you becoming pastor eventually. And uh, that was years. Yeah. You know, we took several years of that journey. And and uh, those were exciting times, you know. When we left here, we went to DeSoto. Yeah. So we should go take a stroll over there and see yeah. what's going on yeah. over there. More stories there for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we get a call from uh, from the church from Brownsville, and they tell us like, "Hey, come check this out. It's gonna be it's a great opportunity. You guys can move in." And so we go look at the building, and when we go look at the building, um, we're like, "Yeah, this this could work." And so we literally um, like start make, setting plans in motion. I think what we totally underestimated was the amount of work it was gonna take to be in the building, but nonetheless. 
we head over here to uh, this facility and we launch, uh, we go into two services. There was a pretty significant culture shift that started taking place here. The vision here really opened up some. This is an important stop in the journey because it was like, this is where we transitioned. Like, so this is where, you know, I took over as lead pastor, you know, and you moved into the founding pastor role. And so even the story of how Justin comes on the scene was, <laughs> was interesting was. to say the least. It was. I had known you guys for a long time and even people in your church and we had done things together as churches up to this yeah. point and, and events and things like that. Um, and my very first Sunday, I had already was already technically on staff. I'd never been right. to a church service here. Right. But, and um, I remember, I remember telling telling you after, so you know, y'all always say that your church is pretty diverse, and you just think, oh, that's cool. And I was I was shocked at how diverse it was, yeah. and not just racially, but even in the age. Yeah, getting the building ready a lot was of work, a lot of work. A lot of work, and uh, <laughs> we started the Haven here. Uh, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, the Haven was birthed here. You know, our ministry for children with special needs and families. And Building a healthy culture. One of the big things I know is like God doesn't send healthy people to unhealthy environments. Yeah. So we were always knew we were on the cusp of growth, like on the catalyst of growth, but we didn't quite know what it looked like. And I think that it was God holding us back from a couple things, um, getting us healthy because he was getting us ready for something that was coming. We got a letter and a phone call. You did, got a letter and a phone call and was like, hey, you're you're out of this building in three months. And uh, I don't think any of us expected what was coming next. No. So. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let's go check that one out then. Literally between John in the creative department, Justin and Karen with the teams, and then myself, Kyle, <laughs> with uh, all the stinking infrastructure for how to make a church service happen inside of a movie theater. Uh, a lot of times churches take six months to pull that off, sometimes longer. Uh, we had like six weeks to get everything ready for uh, AMC, but it's been pretty crazy since we moved in here. Coming here to AMC has been great. Um, we've seen like, I think it was over 150 people meet the Lord since we came in here. So yeah. it's been crazy. What's been one of your favorite parts? Uh, just the excitement of seeing the team come together, you know, the breakdown set up and the energy and the life and just the camaraderie of everybody too. And honestly, one of the things I think it did for us on a, in a big way is we start talking about multiple campuses. It taught us how to build systems in a portable environment that maybe we never really thought of. A lot of new families. You know, like every Sunday, Kathy and I sit right there on the edge, and it's like every we're Sunday in. we're going, okay, <laughs> who are new, these people? <laughs> new, new, don't know them, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really exciting yeah. to see what God's done. Yeah, it's like some new opportunities are rolling up yeah. on us. Yeah. So, so uh, well, let's go have a look at what might be next. The craziest thing happens when we're at AMC. So one of our overseers asked me, he said, if you could have a church anywhere, where would you go? I mean, I would love to be on the north side of town, close to Navy Federal. It's just booming out there. Debbie, our agent, had this conversation with the lady that works in her office. And she says, the church I go to um, has this building and it's full, it's not even for sale. 
This is the crazy part. Um, but we've been talking to our agent because we think we're gonna have to sell it soon. Justin is pulling in the parking lot to meet our agent while this conversation is happening. Like total God thing. Building's not on the market yet. And if you guys wanna buy it, there's a good chance you can get it. This is in January of 2019. We get the phone call. Hey, uh, we're ready to make that move. And we want you guys to come do it. They don't wanna sell it to anybody but us. They're not gonna go for more money than what we offered them a year ago, even though they know they could get it. And that's crazy. With all that said, check out our new location. What's up guys, hey, come on in. What's up guys? Hey, uh, so we're super pumped, super excited uh, to be showing you everything that's in the facility now. And so, uh, as you can see, we're in the, kind of the main auditorium, sanctuary, uh, and it, it fits every need that we were talking about. Like, it's really crazy. So what we're gonna do is just kind of take you guys through the facility for a few minutes. Um, just kind of walk through, show you some of the things that are around, and uh, yeah, so welcome home. This is one of my favorite parts of the whole building. Despite the fact that I know we gotta have church somewhere, I know we need a sanctuary and a main auditorium, I know we need kids' classrooms, I know what we need all that. One of my favorite things is actually this spot right here. Um, <clears throat> Cause uh, we're gonna need to do some renovations in here to get it up to, uh, up to 2020. But with that said, man, um, we're bringing a gym to Transformation Church, which as you guys all know, is my heartbeat. Like athletic programs, basketball, outreach, the amount of things we can do with a gym strictly because of the nature of who we are as a church uh, gives us huge, huge outreach opportunities. When you start to look at how big it is, so to be able to build a stage back here, have a full length basketball court here. Um, and so actually, if you want to follow me for a second, what's happening here is all of the all of the stuff here, the balcony and all the all that is actually going to get torn out. Um, and so once we tear that out all the way to the back wall, then we'll have enough space for the staging, the full basketball court in here. So Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, Sunday afternoons, whatever um, basketball can going on uh, in the gym. All right, guys. So welcome to the new Transformation Church. This is place we're calling home from now on. I think one of the things that's important to remember is that this doesn't give us, this isn't the end. This doesn't give us the opportunity to stop dreaming. This gives us the opportunity to start dreaming, right? 
And so the facility isn't the end. The facility isn't the vision even. The facility is the catalyst for where the vision is about to go. So we don't stop now that we're here. We start now that we're here. So everything that's happened in Transformation Church's journey, whether it was Fairfield, whether it was DeSoto, whether it was AMC, it was all steps in God's plan to get us here right now. And this is where we begin our future. This is what we get to call home. And this part of town, this part of our city, and the people that we're about to reach, that's the vision. Because we're gonna keep seeing people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. All right, guys, so uh, thank you for stopping by. We're so excited. And uh, man, the new home of Transformation Church. Just remember, this is just the beginning. How amazing is that, right? Insane, crazy. We now have a new home, and I'm proud to announce that, uh, man, as soon as all of the pandemic is done, we will be kicking off services in a brand new location. You, your family, your kids, generations after you, we have a home. We're putting roots down right here in Pensacola, uh, and it's going to be exciting. I'm so stoked for what God is going to do right here at Transformation Church. And so, man, I want to take you back briefly to that story of Habakkuk, because in uh, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, God says this to Habakkuk, and I think this is so important because he's saying, listen, I want you to understand what I'm about to do here. I don't want you to miss what's going on here. So the Lord said to me in verses two through three of Habakkuk chapter two, he says, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the, connect, the correct message to others. Now I want you to understand something, write it down. And for some of you, you're looking for something special from God. You're looking for a miracle. You're looking for breakthrough. You're looking for the next thing that God is going to take you into. You're looking for a shift in the atmosphere. You're looking for a change in your marriage. You're looking for a new job. You're looking for new provision. You're looking for miraculous income. You're looking for some next level things that's going to require some next level faith. And here's what God wants you to understand. Get this. Get this, man. Write it down. And I know you may think, why does it matter if I write it down? I know I have it in my heart. No, no, no. Write it down. Because what God wants to do, he wants you to write it down so that when supernatural power comes in to what's happening. So I don't, I'm not saying that when you speak it, it goes into the atmosphere and miraculously happens. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is when you write it down and then it happens, those who read it before and those who read it after will see that God declared it before and it came to pass after. In other words, he'll show you that, man, as I come through, when I give you a promise, write it down. Because then when I come through, you get to reference the promise. You get to reference the earlier steps. You get to go back to where I came through. And I'm here to tell you today that if we'll come into a place where we start writing it down and we start praying and believing, when God comes through, we get to reference the time frame between the promise and the promised land. We get to reference the time frame between when we received the promise and when the promise was fulfilled. And that becomes an echo for the world to see that we remain faithful, but God remains faithful to us, right? The vision is for a future time, God said to him back it describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow and coming, wait patiently, he says, for it will surely take place. God is declaring some things into your life right now. He's giving you confidence and hope in some areas of your life right now. And I'm here to tell you, you need to go to Habakkuk chapter two and read what God said to Habakkuk and allow that to come alive in your spirit. 
The vision is for a future time. Listen, your marriage can and will survive this. It's for a future time. In other words, there may take some steps to get there, but God can restore the mind, the heart, the emotions, the brokenness. He can bring that back together for your relationships. He can bring that back together for your family. He can bring that back together for your marriage. He says it's for a future time. It describes the end. In other words, write down what the end is going to look like. Don't get caught up in what it looks like right now. Be faithful right now to serve God and to serve whatever the circumstances, whoever you're in, whoever's in charge, whoever you're married to, man, stay in that. And it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. Whatever promise you're believing for, write it down and then pray. Stand firm. Don't, don't stand down, stand up, right? Because what you currently see is not all that will be. God can come through for you. And just like he's coming through for us at church, I'm believing that God's going to come through for you in your life, in your circumstances. And so I just want to pray for you right now that God would come through in an amazing way. And I'm believing that God is going to do amazing things in your life. And so God, we just pray right now for every person Lord, that's watching this. I pray that you would prompt their heart, inspire them in their spirit, God, so that they can see, that they can trust, that they can understand you're working all things together for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose, the Bible says. And so, God, I pray that you speak right now life into lifeless situations, hope into hopelessness, peace into peacelessness, give joy where joylessness, like, I just pray, God, you release supernatural joy and peace, hope, strength into their hearts, God, that although we may not see it, we can wait patiently on the Lord because you come through. We thank you today and we love you. If you're watching us right now and you you lack that joy, you lack that strength, you lack that faith, but not because you're tired or weary. Maybe, maybe that's a reason, but the real thing that you know you need in your life right now is you just need God as a whole. You need God to come into your life. Man, we want to pray with you right now that God would meet you in a special way, give you a brand new start, to wipe away the sins, to forgive that, poor, that part of you, that person that's in you, that man, that is sinful and, and those things that keep you from God. But God wants to bring you close to him. He's not here to beat you up. He's here to love you into a relationship with him that would restore you back to a righteous position, a sinless, perfect position with him. And today, if you want God to forgive you, all it takes, the Bible says, is to believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins. We repent which means to turn away from the old us, and we put our faith in Jesus in it today. If you want to put your faith in him, today, if you want that fresh start, I'm here to tell you today, God's ready to give it to you, and we're ready to celebrate with you. And so I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me, and this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith alone makes you saved, but this prayer puts words to the actions of your heart that says, I'm believing in Jesus today. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. God, make me clean. Wipe away my past. Give me a new beginning. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I believe that I'm going to see you again. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.